Good morning, good afternoon, and or good evening. The Horror Club is a group of individuals who have way too much time on their hands, whom love to entertain other individuals who also have way too much time on their hands. Welcome! We are your hosts, Niza, Frosty, and Anna, and we invite you to a very horror Halloween. <laughs> So we do want to go ahead and give advance notice to our K-pop fans that there will be no K-pop in our Halloween special. Dum dum dum. But we will be back with even more K-pop in our next episode. Woo! <laughs> but stay tuned because we have a fun episode coming up. Along with us on our special Halloween episode, we have Chuck Jet and Alex Brown. Woo! Welcome back, Alex, and welcome, Chuck. Yes. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Thanks for having me back. Yes, we're super excited to have Alex back on our show and also have Chuck on our show for the first time um, because they are both, how would you say, horror enthusiasts? That's that's good. Yeah. I'm happy with that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Not Not to be confused with horror Enthusiast. Yeah, exactly. But hopefully, by the end of this episode, Chuck will be. I'm pretty sure Alex already is. <laughs> <laughs> that K domination is strong. Oh, I got him to listen to Epic High. Okay, so for Chuck Jet, you are a art director for uh, Rainbow Signs Inc. You also do the art for Empty Coffin Studio. Yeah, that's just my studio. I just call it the Coffin Studio. To loop everything in, graphic arts, fine arts, and, and video. Now, what's really cool is that Alex, who's been on our show previously, um, he did write the short story for Acquired Taste, and you had adapted that into a short film. Yeah, I uh, butchered it up pretty good uh, <laughs> and made a made a film, and uh, Alex did not hate it, and uh, he stars in it. Yes, we did notice yeah, that when we, we watched we, the we film. Yeah, we did notice that when we watched it, we were like, oh, Alex is in it. That's awesome. And <laughs> Alex is doing what I, I hope me and Niza can do someday, which is once, if we ever manage to finish a story, to actually like star in a movie for our story as well. <laughs> We did have one comment for Alex's role. How dare you take all the medication? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and then not restock it? That's just well, rude. Well, uh, you know, it's all those drunken nights. I, I can't help myself. All of the Bloody Marys, I had to take something to help with it. And <laughs> this, the medicine for nausea, it was just there. Just saying. Okay. So, so Chuck, um, I do have one, one question, though. Um Having Alex in the movie, was was that something that Alex had requested, or did you request to have him in the movie? I, I, I think it was more of a mutual understanding that he would he would be in the film. And uh, I did not re- I did not know that his mother would be in the film. We talked about it. And... Oh, that was his real so mom. That was your real mom, <laughs> Alex? Yeah. yeah uh, she had never been in anything before. And uh, when I wrote the short story, I kind of had her image in mind to start with. And um, she did not want to be in the short film because she was so nervous. And she just really felt like it. She wasn't experienced, but the thing is, with the conventions that we've shown this film at, mm-hmm. the person who gets the most compliments is the mother of the film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Oh, and it, and that's his grandmother's house. So oh, like, that is grandma's house. So pretty much everything was was either 
somebody that Alex knew or or a location that Alex was familiar with. That's why he was so chill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, what was the name of of the actor who played the the police officer? Because I really liked him. That's uh, that's Kevin Perkins. He goes as vice versus. He's uh, a former school teacher from Chicago and uh, turned actor, but he's a rapper and uh, he's got a lot of stuff on YouTube now. And he's got he's got he's doing a lot. He's very busy. He travels all over. Well, from Chicago to Atlanta and around and performs and has a lot of support. And 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 I found this. I've used this is the second time I've used him. Rappers generally understand how to flow and that helps in acting because uh, i i'm very loose on dialogue i like the characters the actors themselves to invest in their character and uh rappers generally do a good job of that we were commenting about um how he seemed very smooth yeah with his dialogue he is smooth yeah he kind of gave me a little bit of uh samuel L. jackson in pulp fiction you know, like when he was talking to the girl, I was all like, I, any minute now he's going to say, Does he look like a bitch? What? <laughs> Does he look like a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so that, that, that was something that I, I pretty much enjoyed. You said that you um you had worked with him previously. Is, is that on another film that you had done? Yeah, yeah, he worked on uh, the film prior to this one. It was called Pinky Swear. I wrote it and uh, directed it. I did not shoot that one. I had uh, Wade Patterson shot that one. Did a fine job of it. Yeah. Um, how would we be able to to see Pinky Swear? You can go to my Empty Coffin Studio Facebook page, which is just Facebook forward slash Empty Coffin Studio, and there's a link there to watch it uh, on YouTube. All right. Or you can just find it on YouTube. Uh, I have learned this. Uh, if you go to YouTube and uh, type in Pinky Swear, uh, just to save yourself a deeper search, it pulls up a lot easier. If you put in Pinky Swear Chuck Jet, it pulls up like instantly when you do that. Oh, okay, sweet. Great. I didn't know that. <laughs> I, I, there's like 30 Pinky Swears in front of that one. Uh, <laughs> totally different topics than, than mine, but... Uh, they're there. I have actually seen this short film before. You have? Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it was when um, it popped up right immediately after I watched the um, Acquired Taste. So I had just okay, yeah. clicked it's on, on the next one. Yeah, it's, it's on Vimeo also uh, for free. It actually looks better on Vimeo. They don't compress their video as much as YouTube. With uh, Pinky Square, um, when I saw that, that was actually the moment when I decided that I really wanted Kevin Perkins for The Acquired Taste. Oh, nice. And um, when Chuck and I decided that we were doing this short film, uh, the first thing I said to him was, for the detective role, I want Kevin. And at first, I didn't think I was going to be able to get him because he has such a hectic schedule with his career as an artist and a rapper. And uh, fates just happened to shine light upon us, and he was available for that weekend only. So it was to our favor, big time. And uh, he did uh, quite a bit of ad lib that I was very proud of, and he just, he was a natural at it. 
that's pretty amazing that you guys were able to pull all that together. Well, speaking about uh, hectic schedules, I noticed, Alex, you did just a big signing. And one of your one of the special guests on your signing was Z-Queen? Yes. Um, pretty much, I ended up doing a book signing at the Vicksburg Library. Had about 30 to 35 people, I believe. And uh, since a lot of people weren't able to come, I ended up doing a live feed so uh, people could still hear the story that I read. And I'm not that great with narrating stories. I much rather just enjoy talking like how I'm doing now or uh, typing up the story or editing it. But as far as actually performing a story, I don't think I'm a professional at that at all. You did well. Uh, well, thank you. But uh, yeah, it, it was a really good event. And when I found out that um, two local celebrities were going to be in the audience, uh, which was... Uh, Chris Kopsky, which uh, he played as uh, the arresting officer at the beginning of uh, The Acquired Taste. He's also been in a short film called Harvest Night, which is about these murderous uh, scarecrows. It's really awesome. Uh, I want to say that one's on YouTube as well. But um, I found out that he was going to be in the audience as well as Cynthia Bonner, who goes by uh, the names uh, Z Queen and also Mississippi Makeup Queen. And when I found out that they were going to be there, um, I asked their permission and uh, they said that they would be more than happy to join me up at the front of uh, the auditorium. And uh, they were signing free 8x10 uh, photos for fans. And everyone there was able to get a free signed 8x10 by them. That is really cool. I mean, I've I've been following Z-Queen and her makeup is always amazing. It freaks me out the way she shoots the video. <laughs> and her the effect that she gives it are just... I like I wait till the end until she starts talking and she actually opens her eyes. <laughs> but her makeup is always amazing. Um, yeah, she's got some talent. Um, have you ever used her or collabed with her in one of your films? No, I don't really know her that well yet. Oh, okay. but it'll happen. That would be cool. That would be uh, super exciting to see one day. Are you and Alex planning to do any future collaborations on any of his books? Maybe Cerinthia uh, Falls? Could we get a Cerinthia Falls movie? Um, the only things I'm really interested in now are shorts. So I don't really want to try to tackle a feature at this point. But definitely uh, more of his shorts. I'm coming. I'm coming through. His uh, night of the jack o' lantern went out. Oh, nice! You know, rewriting it in my head, <laughs> a lot of it. So it take, it's taken me forever to read the book because I have to do this visual thing. But uh, yeah, there's some really good stuff in there. There's some good material. I would absolutely love to work with Chuck again. Uh, we have been friends for God seven, eight years now, and we met in the art community to start with, and. Um, I had never worked with him on a project like this before. And the night before when we started uh, filming, we were mixing up all kind of nasty things in my kitchen, like the fake blood, and the vomit. And um, he had mentioned to me, he's like, well, uh, I just don't want to upset anyone or offend anyone because I can really be hard when it comes down to directing. And so I'm like imagining in my mind this great big tyrannical kind of Kubrick monster, you know, that's like, make him cry, show him no pity. Right? <laughs> like, yeah, it, it, but no, seriously, like, 
on set for the two days that we filmed, he was honestly so great to work with. I mean, he was always making sure everyone was okay, that they were as comfortable as they could possibly be, because even though there's uh, scenes where, like, I'm on the floor, my mom's on her knees, even though that's, like, for just a few seconds, we were in those positions for about a good two, three hours. And so being on a hard floor like that, it really does start to hurt after a while. And so he did everything he possibly could to try to make sure we were all comfortable. And he was great at directing as well because he had in mind what he wanted to do and how he wanted to do it. And with him being so direct with his instructions, it helped everything move in a very linear form. And there was very few times that we actually had to do retakes. So it was it was a great experience overall. Yeah, when you were talking about how he, he might be a little bit of a slave driver, I was expecting something like Stanley Krubik shelly duvall and then you saying like he's just basically like a nice nice guy who's just like oh are you a little bit hurt here we can we can take a break it's cool you know i i just think that's that's so hilarious because i i do know a couple people who are like that <laughs> Nisa. Uh-huh. <clears throat> i'm a slave driver <laughs> okay. just do whatever you gotta do to get the performance you need out of the actors and it doesn't it didn't require a whole lot of manip- manipulation this time around, I mean, I, you know, I, I have uh, been hard on actors at times because I was trying to get genuine, you know, a genuine emotional response, like actual tears and actually crying. So, you know, I mean, it works. <laughs> Make them cry. Basically, yes. It's like, you know, your mother told me she never loved you. <laughs> <laughs> cry, Alex. Cry. Uh, yeah. yeah, I always, I always wonder about that. Do, do they tell? Do you guys like tell people like that stuff? Like, like your mother doesn't love you. If you don't do this, you don't get to sleep for a whole week. <laughs> yeah, I think that would make me start. Do, but generally, the actors know that coming into it, and. If you have to do like like uh, automatic tears, there are people that can do that. I don't know how they do it. I can't do it. And uh, you know, you say, "Hey, I'm going to need tears." If not, you know, I've got some saline solution. We'll make it work. But you know, um, just try to get as much out of them as you can. And oh and they're God. they're trying their best to deliver that. So yeah. <laughs> uh, before we get into our would you rather game, we just want to let Alex know that. We are going to be reviewing Serenthia Falls in a later episode. In a later episode. We unfortunately can't get too much into it because then that would spoil the next one. But basically what we will tell you now is you need to hurry up with number two. Yeah. <laughs> Start writing, sir. See, here's the thing. And I'm not going to really give away any spoilers with Serenthia Falls since we're having that for another show. But the number one problem that I ran into with the first book was while I was writing it, people were asking, well, why should I read your werewolf book? What's going to make it any different than the rest? And so uh, that's when I decided to do my research more so in Haitian folklore and a little bit of European. And that's how I was able to grab the elements that had not really been utilized in mainstream before. And so um, with the sequel, it does take place in the same town, but it's all different characters and it's a different creature and it all is going to tie in together with the last book, which I'm thinking about doing five books of. And um, 
pretty much with uh, the sequel, since it's vampire-based, I am pulling a Bram Stoker here, which what he did was he found elements of superstitions in many different foreign countries, and he combined that to create Dracula. And so I've started my research in um, Asian vampires and Indonesian vampires. I'm getting into New England vampires a little bit, and it's really amazing on how different their powers are depending on what region they're in and also what elements could kill them depending on what region they're in. I think you had us at Asian vampires. Yeah, <laughs> we're, like, all, we're all about that Asian vampire life. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you guys ready to play Would You Rather Halloween style? Let's play a game. Okay, so we're gonna let the guests go first. So, first question Would you rather have a bloody cut or a broken bone? I'm gonna say a bloody cut. Uh, I've always been able to handle uh, cuts and needles and stuff like that really well. I've been getting allergy shots since I was five. I promise I'm not like a, a shooter up or anything, but uh, I've always been able to handle blood when everyone else freaks out. I've never had a broken bone before, but I hear it is the most painful thing in the world. So I would much rather bleed than have a broken limb. <laughs> I've had just about every kind of injury you can have, I think. <laughs> <laughs> the bones take forever to heal. Uh, nasty cuts, especially in bad joints areas and stuff, they're terrible, but they still heal faster. So yeah. I'm going to go with the cut. I'm going to go with the cut, too. I have not broken a bone yet. Knock on wood, I never do. But yeah, so I'm going to go with a cut since I've already had that happen before. Um, I had to get stitches on my tongue, so I'm going to go with a broken bone. Really? You wouldn't? Uh, oh, wow. Stitches without anesthesia as a five-year-old kid is the worst thing ever. What have about you ever having to have a bone set um, without anesthesia, Anna? I've sprained my wrist, and that hurt bad. But sprains don't heal and bones do. And to this day, my tongue still stings when I eat too much lemony stuff or too much spice. So <laughs> Wow. I've had a broken bone. I've actually broken my wrist where it like has been sticking out. Bloody. So a bloody cut would be uh, my preferred <laughs> preferred choice. How did you break your wrist? I was um, a rollerblader. Oh. And I had gone down a steep hill. Well, actually, I had jumped off something because, you know, I thought I was super cool. And I wasn't wearing any wrist um, wrist protection. And I had slipped. I landed, slipped back, and landed on my wrist. So, Neezy used to be in roller derby. I got it. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> Next question. Uh, would you rather eat hair soup or slimy booger cupcakes? Ah. Mm. Uh... You know what? At least with the slimy booger cupcakes, I might could season it a little bit <laughs> or, you know, kind of change it up. Uh, hair, that will just stay in your body until you die, pretty much. And that kind of creeps me out, having a hairball growing in me. So I'm just going to say booger cupcakes. Dang, I'm going to have to go with, uh, I'm going to have to go with hair because I can at least pretend that maybe it was washed and <laughs> but it was up to... And hair, yeah, hair's not going to have as much bacteria involved. And I'm, I'm thinking, I'm pretty sure it's going to, it's going to pass right through. I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm thinking it'll travel the whole digestive system because you know, well, I don't know, cats though, they cough it back out. Yeah. Uh, what kind of hair is it? Just human oh, hair. We, we would just say human hair. Let's just oh. say human hair. 
<laughs> we'll no, say human the head. Part. <laughs> the head, Frosty. <laughs> and I will take the hair soup. <laughs> the hair soup? You'd rather do hair soup than slimy booker cupcakes? Yeah. Do we have to know it's in there? Yeah. Because so, I would... would you rather? You would know, Anna, because you're choosing between the yeah, two. Yeah, exactly. So you kind of have to know. <laughs> oh. I would hope you guys would not tell me and just make me eat it without telling me, but a boogery cupcake. <laughs> boogery. Yeah. A boogery, slimy booger cupcake. Okay. I'm going to have to, you know, I have the same mindset as Alex. Hair doesn't digest or break down. I know this because my dog. <laughs> yeah, my dog poops out hair all the time. <laughs> it gets stuck. But it comes out, though. It comes yeah, out. It comes but out. But so does booger. Yeah. Oh, not just booger, though. This is going to be disgusting, but like if you have a wad of hair come out of you, wouldn't that put you at risk of maybe getting rug burn? You know? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the booger cupcake, so. <laughs> <laughs> at least, you know, it'll, it'll flush out. <laughs> well, I don't know how much hair is in that soup. It could be one hair. I know it's it's know. a hair no, it's, it's a hair, hair soup. soup. So instead of like little pastas or anything in it, it's it's hair. <laughs> it's hair. I'm I'm still gonna go with hair. <laughs> All right. Have dinner with Frankenstein's monster or Count Dracula. I would much rather have dinner with Count Dracula. Uh, I think that he would uh, definitely be interesting and a good conversation starter. That's for sure. I'm thinking uh, Dracula because I could always keep the garlic near. <laughs> uh, it'd be, it would be a good conversation. I'm going to go with uh, Dracula as well just because in the original novel, you know, um, Jonathan walks in on Dracula like setting his own table and stuff like that because Dracula has to pretend they're servants. Mm-hmm. And it just made me so sad. And it's like this guy is like so lonely, has no servants. Has to make it look like he has them, take care of everybody himself. I'm like, yes, Dracula, yes. Because that monster is just going to break that table. He ain't going to have a good spread for you. No, <laughs> Dracula will fucking go get everything that you need. So I'm going with Dracula. Um, Only because I really like Interview with the Vampire, and I know Dracula's not in it, but still. <laughs> that would be a really cool thing to do. I think I would pick Dracula as well. Even though hanging out with the monster would kind of be cool, like for like a party smashing. Yeah, like <laughs> Beauty and the Beast, maybe. <laughs> Tame him. <laughs> Tame him. Now let's go him. kill someone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> If I did choose uh, Frankenstein's monster, I would at least try to teach him how to sing um, Put It On The Ritz. <laughs> yes. Yes. Did you, did you see the thing that we did on um, what was it, in- Instagram? Yes. Yes, yes, I loved okay. it. And that was actually, uh, y'all did that when uh, Gene Wilder passed away, didn't you? Yes, yeah, we did. For the episode we had mentioned. In the- yeah, in, in the episode we did, I actually did that live, too. Yeah. <laughs> That was terrible. I'm Uh, sorry. All right, next one. Have to trick or treat forever or be trapped in a haunted house forever? Um, Trick or treat forever. That sounds like it's awesome. That's paradise. I'd go with trick or treat because at least you can, you're mobile, you know. You can can travel the world trick or treating, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go with trick or treating too because, I mean, why would I want to be surrounded by ghosts forever? What if they're cool ghosts, though? 
What if it's Casper? Casper wasn't cool to me. Casper was a dork. <laughs> I like Casper. I like Casper. Yeah, you be nice. You know what? I would rather hang Casper out with Casper is the friendly ghost. Well, you can have the them. The friendliest ghost you'll know. be rude to you and do whatever they want to you. That's fine. But I want Casper. Um, Why don't you go marry him then? <laughs> I will. Yeah, I will. But um, I think He's I would 12. go. <laughs> He's 12. Maybe I already married him, Kaylee. God. <laughs> I would go with trick-or-treating, too. I'm really afraid of haunted houses. Really? If I look, I'd probably get lost all by myself, so. Lost forever. Yep. Lost forever. Trick-or-treating is, like, hard work, though. Is it? Yeah, but if you get hungry, all you have to do is reach in your trick-or-treat bag and pull out, like, a Reese's or a Snickers. Yeah, but that's, like, a lot of chocolate forever. Yeah, you're you're gonna have diabetes for a long (laughs) time. Oh my god. Chuck, Chuck. Chuck. You sound like the cat that said diabetes. Diabetes. Have you ever. Oh, God, thank you. I, I was going to ask you to do it, but I thought that would be rude. So thank you for doing it. Thank you. That's great. That's so good. Oh my God. That, that, that meme always gets me. Sorry. Have you guys. Vine. The the Family Guy episode where the guy's talking about being diabetic and he's like, I woke up and I striked my wife. And then I realized my wife's been dead for blah, blah, blah years. Who the fuck did I hit? (laughs) What? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know what Anna's talking about. It's on Family Guy. Oh, okay. Well, we were talking about the fluffy. We're talking about that. You've seen the the white cat, though. Like, you haven't seen the white cat standing like almost in front of a fireplace, and they zoom in (laughs) on the cat, and he says, "Diabetes." Oh, we'll have to share that one later. Well, Anna, that that's different. Weird. All right. Man, trick-or-treating forever, I guess, but oh, I think that would kill me. No, because, would see, me. it would help you manage your, your weight a little bit. <laughs> because, because you're walking around, and then you're eating all this candy. But Chuck said you're going to have diabetes. Wait, wait, wait. So, uh, so let's say that you are trick-or-treating around, and you do have quite a bit of candy, yes. But also, at the same time, let's say that we have some very health-conscious people and they're oh, yeah, also giving out like apples, bananas, and tangerines. I would hope that's so. That's right. She's she's walking around those gluten free neighborhoods, <laughs> right? They're giving her they're giving out the apple slices and the peanut no, butter. No, you know, as a child, I was at the rich folks' homes. I want those full candy bars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all we all tried to go to those neighborhoods. Oh man. Okay, so next question: Have a black cat cross your path, um, or be cursed by a voodoo doctor? You know what? I would take the black cat because I would at least be able to pet it and love on it a little bit. And then as far as the bad luck that I have, I could do a ritual to reverse my bad juju and I'd be okay. Uh, With a witch doctor, that might be a little bit harder depending on what curse he put on me. Yeah, I I don't, uh, you know, I've had many black cats cross my path. Because nobody spades and neuters anymore, apparently. And, uh, <laughs> nobody's, nobody's listening to Bob Barker. Yeah, Bob Barker's not preaching it anymore, I'm afraid. So uh, I'd try the voodoo guy just to uh, just to call him out. <laughs> oh, he's going to piss him off. He's Go ahead. Curse me, man. Curse me. have a definitive answer uh, on the uh, functionality of the voodoo curses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Black Cat because... I do believe in voodoo curses. I mean, when a black cat crosses your path, 
yes, you're going to get bad luck, but I don't know. I mean, how bad could it be compared to a voodoo curse? I don't know. It's, it all depends on, like... Because, I mean, it doesn't last forever when it's a black cat. That could just be, like, for a day or for an hour. Or, oh, I, I tripped when I walked over that dead cat or something. <laughs> I don't know. I think I would go with the cat, too. I've broken a lot of mirrors, so... Well, no wonder why you always have bad luck, Anna. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with Chuck went piss off the voodoo master. Bad. Just because I want to see. <laughs> I've seen a bunch of black cats. They don't do nothing. You might you might never see again. She has a black cat in her house. Yeah. Mean that, kitty. That's why she has no fear. Yeah. My cat's mean, too. I don't want to cross her path on a normal basis. <laughs> <laughs> the girls are scared to cross her path. They're like... Frosty, we'll oh go my around. gosh! We'll be we'll be watching a movie, and my cat will try to cuddle with Frosty, and she freaks out. She's like, "What is she doing? She has a she has an agenda. What is she doing?" <laughs> I'm like, "She just wants to cuddle with you." It's okay when she comes up to you and she does stuff to you. Just don't plan on touching her or doing anything she yeah, doesn't. Let teach her you. love on you. Yeah, it's just always with the cat's touch. terms. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what I really find interesting is. Um, if you do research, you'll discover that white cats actually have just as much of a bad reputation as black cats, or at least in uh, some regions of the occult they do, um, because there's actually a demon by the name of uh, Baal, B-A-A-L, I'm probably saying it incorrectly, but um, when he appears, he normally comes in the form of a white cat or a toad. So there was uh, quite a few superstitions about white cats for a while. Nice. I did not know about that. I'm going to have to get a white cat now to counteract Nisa's evil kitty. <laughs> Just have a, an evil kitty battle going on here. <laughs> All right, last question. Be chased by a zombie or be chased by an evil scarecrow? Well, in the night the jack-o'-lantern went out, I wrote a story about an evil scarecrow. And even though he was evil, he had some really good bargaining skills. Mm -hmm. uh, if the evil scarecrow would have the same bargaining skills, uh, I, I, I would take the scarecrow because it would be to my favor in the long run. But if it was just a homicidal scarecrow, I'd take the zombie. I'd at least be able to get away from that. I'd have to go with the zombie if it's, you know, the zombies we're used to, you know, because I'm not going to run long. I'm a large, uh, I'm a large mammal and uh, <laughs> cardio is not my street, but uh, I think I stand a chance with a zombie. Scarecrow, I don't know. How do you kill a scarecrow? I don't know. Fire. Yeah, fire. You just light I them on fire. I think, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm dealing with, kind of, you know, we're prepared for that now. I'm going to go with zombie because after The Walking Dead, zombies don't scare me anymore. Reagan scares me. <laughs> Reagan scares you. He killed Glenn. Oh, my gosh. Let's not spoil it for the listeners if they haven't seen it yet. They need, they, they've already been spoiled. You guys, been are you guys fans of The Walking Dead? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I read the comics for a long time and kind of gave up on the comic. And I still haven't gone back to the comic. I need to do that. I knew it was coming. I read it in the comic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Only, the only thing that does not belong on the show is Daryl. Because yeah. he's, he's not a part of that multiverse. He got the job. By accident, they just created a character for him. I mean, he's done well with it. Daryl, though. He's my favorite character. Glenn so. was my favorite character. They'll save him for a long time. He's a 
I'm hoping he's safe for a really long time. They did kill Glenn. You never know what they're going to do. It was almost like they killed him just so they were just showing us that they were the ones in control. Yeah. If you, you know what I mean? Like, kind, of, kind of pulled a Joss Whedon there. Yeah. Killed off your character you love the most. You got to do it sometimes. You got to keep it fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, Anna? I would go zombie. with a scarecrow, never zombies, ever, 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 ever. ever. <laughs> Anna's not about that zombie life. <laughs> Anna had trouble with the movie. <laughs> I would say zombie. I'm I'm prepared for a zombie apocalypse. Thanks I'm to not. my papa. <laughs> Taught you zombie killing skills. Yeah. Aim for the head. Oh, and double tap. And double tap, yeah. Double oh my tap. god. Do you know after Zombieland came out, my mom hates zombie movies, right? Well, uh-huh. uh, I took her to see Zombieland because she heard Woody Harrelson's in it and she loves him. So anyway, after watching that movie, every time uh, we leave her car, like in the parking, go into the location, she hits lock on her beeper and she's like, got to double tap it here. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> That's cute. Yeah, it's adorable. <laughs> Gotta check the back seat, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so that was our Would You Rather game. Thanks for playing. Yay. Hope everyone enjoyed the Halloween questions. Halloween I did, show. but I don't want any booger cupcakes. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have those booger cupcakes. She wants um, the hair soup. It's okay. It's not. okay. You know, when I think about the hair soup, though, I think about the scary movie moment where she's pulling out, like, that yeah. long strand of hair out of her mouth. and that's Oh, yeah. Oh. So let's go ahead and get into our topics to discuss. What was the scariest childhood Halloween memory? Oh, wow. All right. So uh, my family is a family of pranksters. And when I was maybe about five or six... I had a pretty good laugh. Uh, I had gone trick-or-treating, and my mom and dad, they had taken me around the neighborhood, and uh, we started at my grandma's house on my dad's side of the family, and we ended at my grandma's house on that side of the family. Well, the thing is, um, what my grandmother didn't know is my dad had uh, this horrible gorilla costume that just looked homicidal, And so he put it on and, you know, rang her door. And when uh, she answered, uh, he just lunged himself in. She beat the hell out of him with her purse. And we got a good laugh out of that. But karma, it, it does tend to hit. So when we drove home, we lived next door to my mother's parents. Uh, So I did not know this was planned. But as soon as we pulled up in the yard, my grandfather had draped himself in this white cloak and had this zombie mask on. (laughs) It terrified me so bad, I ran inside the house and hid under the bed. (laughs) And... Uh, even uh, and even like when my mom, dad, and grandma came in to try to get me out from under the bed, they were like, "Oh, it's fake, it's fake." And here's my grandpa still wearing said mask and cloak <laughs> on the other side of the bed, trying to grab at me. <laughs> I should have known because he was. I could hear him laughing, but in my five year old mind, I'm like, "No, this is it. I'm going to die." <laughs> <laughs> you check i thought hard about this question and I, I just i don't have any scary halloween frights which is weird 
for me, but uh, being the horror fanatic, but I don't, you know, I just, I never had uh, an actual, you know, during the Halloween season, uh, that big of a fright. I hate to be boring on this one, but, you know, I don't know. I had four older sisters. They kept me scared all the damn time. So were you more into scaring them than them that scaring was, you? That was me. Any chance I had to scare any any siblings was was taken what's a what's a time that you might have gotten them really good actually there's what there was one time but i know i scared the neighbor's granddaughter i was vampire for like three years or so in my childhood <laughs> <laughs> just non-stop i was a vampire and i was chasing the little red-headed granddaughter of the we were just kids around the house and uh she was dressed up it's like a, a, just a big uh, dress that didn't fit. And we were just stupid kids running around. And uh, I was going to bite her. And uh, she tripped over the arm of the couch. And her head flew forward. And then I saw this, this red thing pop out of her head and bounce all across the hardwood floor there. And it turned out she had bit the end of her tongue off. Oh! We had to... Oh my God. <laughs> Put the tongue in a bag of ice and rush her to the hospital and get it sewn <laughs> back on. And uh, I've just recently made a connection with her again on Facebook, which is cool. It's got oh, God. Well, that's pretty frightening, <laughs> Chuck. I don't know. <laughs> wow. That's pretty scary. That would traumatize me. <laughs> I mean... One Halloween, my friend almost died, but that was different. It wasn't really like she was scared, but it scared me. She got in a big, huge fight at a Halloween party, and somebody hit her with the back of the high heel in her head. And she was so drunk that she didn't realize it, but she was fighting these other girls. And she almost didn't make it to the hospital on time. Well, how old were you? I want to say I was like 19 or 20. Oh, okay. 19. No, I was like 18. Oh, okay. I was like 18. Gross. So I thought my, <laughs> um, my mom had a habit of on Halloween when I'd come home from trick-or-treating, she would turn all the lights off in the house because my dad would take me. And when we would come into the house, she'd pop out of the dark and then she'd just go, Oh, and, yeah, so she would do that like since I was maybe like three. Your up mom until... is terrible. I know my mom sucks. Uh, three up until I was like ten, I think. Yeah, that that's a long time to do that what to a me. Doctor. She doesn't do that anymore. But sometimes when I go into a dark room and I don't know where she is, you're traumatized. I tend to think that she's gonna come out. And do that. I'm 29 now, and it, it still bothers me. <laughs> <laughs> That's sad. Oh, um, as a kid, I did, my dad was in the Navy, so we were stationed in Okinawa, Japan. Majority of Okinawa is, like, forest or jungle, and we call it the boonies. So living on the military base, we would have, you know, this kind of, like, patch of jungle or forest near our houses mm. now me and the neighborhood kids we had like a spot in the forest that we'd like to go to there was like this uh rope that we had tied onto a tree and we would jump off a cliff and hang onto the rope and swing back and forth um well one halloween we were like you know kind of, we were done trick-or-treating we were like hey let's go play a game in the forest you know let's go play some hide and seek in the forest well, the friendly game of hide and seek scared all of us because we were all, we, we didn't even start the game. We were standing around and we were like, what if, you know, someone's in the woods right now? It's super dark in here. We barely have any flashlights. We're, we're just like traipsing through and then all of a sudden we just hear like 
scurrying and we're probably like seven years old like scurrying in the woods we didn't know if there was any animals in there during the daytime we didn't think there was any animals in there but we all freaked out screamed and separated and I remember being like super terrified because I had ended up being alone and trying to find my way out of the boonies Um, I ended up being like on the other side of the neighborhood (laughs) (laughs) Of of the um of the uh, naval or the air force base and then i had to walk back home in the dark by myself and try to f- and luckily i knew the base and how to get home but yeah that was pretty terrifying as a kid getting lost in the woods in the dark we used to play hide and go seek in the dark and we used to get scared all the time i hated it i couldn't imagine doing it at seven years old i think i was like in middle school yeah next one is what was your best Halloween costume? All right, scariest best, I would say I went as a voodoo doctor one year and I pulled it off really good. It was uh, nice. the whole kind of uh, Baron Sandy look that I had going on. And uh, I was actually really proud about this because it was when I was like maybe 22, 23 and I really felt like I looked good in this, and there's very few times I feel like I really look attractive. But uh, I dressed up as a pirate, and I went to a party, and the amount of numbers that I got dressed as that pirate, <laughs> it was it was very flattering. So Got yourself some booty? <laughs> well, I, I hung on to my own booty, so... <laughs> 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 he had his own booty to hold on to. <laughs> what about you, Chuck? I always did a vampire as a kid, and uh, they were really not good costumes. But in my mind, they were they were amazing. A few years ago, I did. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Crossed uh, comic book. It's uh, kind of an apocalyptic thing, but I dressed as a character from that and did well. But uh, that's probably my best one. But nobody knows the reference, so it may not be. There might be somebody out there who does. Maybe one of maybe one of our listeners probably know it. Is it is it like that one movie with um with, I think it was called Priest or something? It's the one where they have like crosses on their faces and then yeah, he's got guns and he hunts vampires. Yeah. yeah. Was, was it like yeah. that? It was it was like that. It was uh like a big bloody scabby cross thing appears on your face and nobody really knows why. And, uh, those that are crossed uh, are wreaking havoc and uh, it's a really pretty gory comic book. Oh, well, I'll have to check that out. I do love gory comic books. Mine would probably have to be Z-Man from uh, Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. Mm. It's probably another reference that nobody will get. I get it. Well, yeah, because I made you watch that movie. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have, have seen that movie. It's a Russ Meyer movie. I have thought about seeing it. I haven't seen it quite yet, but I know that it recently received a Criterion Collection release, and so that makes me want it even more. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. I actually have, um, what's his name, John, John Lazar, who um who played the character that I dressed up he he's actually one of my friends on Facebook and he he's pretty decent and he always gives me a happy birthday message but yeah that that movie is amazing and and I don't want to spoil it for you but his character is is off the hook I can just imagine Frosty's wearing the werewolf sideburns no I had that yeah <laughs> did you not see the pictures I have on Facebook of me dressed up like him no I'm gonna have to check those no, out no yeah later. you gotta check those out man I was a geisha before I knew what it was. How was your I, best I'm Halloween sorry, costume? I was a geisha. geisha. That's racist. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. I thought it was really pretty. I was really I I don't know. I don't Anna know. Anna yellow face. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. No, technically yellow. she went white faced. Um I did a really good snow white when I was little, like younger, like probably like sixth grade. Brian did my makeup and I had short black hair and he fixed my hair up and it I kinda looked like Snow White. I as a kid I never dressed up as like any fairy tale like or fantasy character um you know most kids nowadays are dressing up like elsa Anna, um things like that or i like even back in the day i don't remember dressing up like as pocahontas or a cinderella or anything like that um i used to go for like the scarier things like one of my favorite ones was a murdered medieval princess where i had uh i was probably in seventh eighth grade and i had done my own like neck slit prosthetic kind of thing and I had makeup did I was pretty proud and I had like a medieval dress on and I had made myself really dead looking and yeah. that was probably my favorite. I think I was the devil for a few years like in a row. <laughs> She's like, like I'm the I devil. loved being the devil. I scared a little kid at our school haunted house once because I hid in a coffin because I was supposed to and this little kid came by and I jumped out and he started crying and the dad got mad at me. <laughs> this is not my fault. Well, since we're talking about Halloween's past, do you guys have plans on dressing up this year? And if you do, what will you be dressing up as? Well, uh, pretty much I have a werewolf kind of hood, I guess you would say. It's like one of the hoods that you put on and it has the wolf ears and has the fake fur on it. So I'll wear that. And I have a flannel shirt and some ripped up jeans. So nice. uh, that that's going to be the extent of it. I, I was kind of a po' boy this year. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Chuck? I have been working on a costume off and on for a month and a half now. And uh, it's not going to be ready for Halloween. <clears throat> but I'm in a, a horror group. Dance Out Horror. Shout out on Facebook. It's... Uh, it's a video game. I don't know if you've ever played uh, The Evil Within. It's a it's a horror game, and uh, there's a character they call the Keeper. He's, a lot of people call him Boxhead. He's got a big safe forehead, but uh, it's coming along well, and I'll have that during the year next year for uh, events and stuff. But I won't really. It just it's not going to be ready for Halloween. Oh yeah, we just pulled up a, a picture of it. That looks pretty badass. You you definitely need to take a picture once it is finished. That's it, really creepy. It, <laughs> Anna scared. It's it's, <laughs> it's really a scary video game. It uh, it's it's really good. I I, uh, I would recommend playing that game. Is that on all systems or just PlayStation? Uh, I played it on my Xbox One, and I know it's on PlayStation as well. I don't oh. know if it's on PC or not, probably. Yeah, I'm sure if you want to catch us screaming our heads off, we would be definitely playing that game. Yeah, yeah no, I, I have Xbox One, so I'll definitely I have, have a to PS4. look that game up. There's some freaky, freaky stuff. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You got to. It'll, I had to stop once and just, you know down and go what the hell was that oh my <laughs> well as a group we are actually going to be dressing up as dc uh villains frosty will be will be dressed up as harley quinn the classic harley quinn not the new one yeah i i ain't wearing hot pants 
<laughs> one of my coworkers, I, I think you could pull it off. If one of my coworkers could pull it off, you can pull it off. I'm not wearing hot pants. <laughs> classic Harley. She's like, she's like, I am classic Harley. <laughs> Anna will be uh, doing Catwoman. And Jeffrey and... will be doing Batman, even though he is not a villain. Yeah, her boyfriend will be playing Batman. And I will be Poison Ivy, and my husband will be playing the Riddler. And why is Anna petting me right now? I don't know why Anna's petting me. Uh, you guys can't see it, but hair. she's just touching my stroking hair right hair. now. She's just stroking your hair. <laughs> We're getting very lesbianist in here. I've been stroking your hair for a long time. I you have. Okay, you so noticed. what? Um, what is your paranormal story, Alex? You can go first. Well, um, okay, back in the day when I had no idea what I was doing with the seance and just to show you what kind of negativity can come in if you are inexperienced, uh, there was a friend of mine who was having some problems with uh, some entities at her home. Anyway, I, I said, all right, well, we'll go over there, use the Ouija board, see what we're working with here. And when I went into her home, it had this very claustrophobic feel to it. It was, uh, it was a big home, but it was, a, it was like there was just no room to breathe in there at all. And so we did the Ouija board and we did not enter with prayer or any sort of protection at all. Oh, no. And uh, we spoke with the spirit that identified as uh, itself not never existing in human form. Uh, pretty much what we did from there was I said, all right, this, this is above my head. I don't know what, to, what the hell to do from here. Um, so I ended up having a friend of mine who was an Episcopalian uh, father and he came over, blessed her house. And so she ended up uh, not having any more occurrences happen. Well, however, I had not been protected and that entity followed me home. And over the next few weeks, my house became extremely claustrophobic. Even with all the doors and windows open, it just seemed so tight in there. And even people commented on it because my home is very welcoming. It's very open. And I had friends who would come over and normally stay for hours, stay for no more than just 30 minutes and say, well, you know, uh, I just, something doesn't feel right here this time. I, I probably need to go home. So ended up having him come out, bless the house. And after that, um, it's like the whole place just opened right back up. So uh, that's probably the most negative experience I've had. How about you, Chuck? Um, I was... I had this idea that I would film a uh, paranormal investigation, and uh, I got a local group. Alex knows all these people, and uh, so I'm not going to name names. And my thing was, my approach was going to be, I went in, I got some details, and we were going to go in. It was a, the seventh or eighth generation. Well, actually, the seventh generation of the same family was in the house, very old house. And uh, his kids, the eighth generation, uh, well, he sold the house since then. But uh, they, everybody, you know, I, didn't, I don't want to know information. I want to see what we discover um, going blind, per se, and uh, see what kind of, uh, you know, electro voice phenomenon things we can get. And if we can get any, any odd uh, occurrences. And the owner of the house was there. 
and the team kept asking him questions. And he was saying, well, yeah, this person died, and this person died. It was, it was like tragic stuff. Like in the, in the 1920s, little girls always had to wear dresses regardless of what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, like one girl was going out a slide in the front yard and hung herself to death. Oh, my God. Because she had to wear this big floppy dress, stuff like that. And one guy shot another guy in one of the rooms and killed him. So they were... So, they would get this information from the owner, and they'd start calling out the names, trying to get EVPs, and uh, they never got those EVPs. And, and I could, I could, I watched them subliminal themselves, because like there's one part where this was the old kitchen, and this maid had her hair caught on fire. They're all like, "Oh yeah, I can feel a tingling in my hair." They're just, they were just playing off of emotive responses, you know. That's mm-hmm. why I, I don't, I didn't want the information. And uh, they they kept calling these names, and they never got a response. But they got an EVP twice of a name, and I can't remember the name. I'd have to go back and dig the footage out. But it was uh, it was like you know, Fat Mama or something like that, <laughs> something ridiculous. You know, like what? And it's like Fat Mama, you know, again. And uh, they didn't know what that was. They had no information about that, and. Uh, Later, the owner, later the same evening, the owner called his his mom and said, does the name Fat Mama mean anything to you? And she said, yeah, that was your great-great-great-grandmother, whatever, the lady who actually started that household. Hmm. That was a nickname she had that was not really known outside of the family and not really carried on. So that was, that was fun. That was, you know, a good paranormal experience, I would say. So you were like a sightings guy. Kind of. <laughs> kind of. Because I, I, I don't know. I love watching like those ghost encounter movies. And it, and um, I used to watch sightings a lot when I was a kid and stuff. So that's pretty cool that you were actually able to be a part of that and to film stuff like that. It was fun. But generally, if you ever want to do any video work and do paranormal investigations, you end up with so many cameras set up. They had... They had all their equipment, this group, so I was lucky with that. But you end up with, like, if you're only there for four or five hours, you end up with 30, 40 hours of footage you have to dig through. Yeah. Um, so That sounds less fun. Yeah, it's not, yeah. Yeah, um, I, I agree. That, that part is very uh, tedious and annoying. Uh, I've never really had luck with EVPs. I've had uh, other people have good luck with EVPs. Uh, most of the luck I've had, it's been through using the pendulum, the Ouija board, or tarot cards. But um, I don't know why. I, I guess maybe my energy is at a different level than other people, and they might be able to receive EP- EVPs better than myself. Yeah, Niza has some experience with the tarot cards. I I play around with the Ouija board every once in a while. I'm probably eventually going to get possessed by a demon. Cause she doesn't I, do it right. I don't do it right, <laughs> apparently. But um, one time when, when I first started uh, messing around with it, we were all drunk. And, and we were we were um, screwing around with it. This is back when I lived in Vegas before I met um, any of these guys. And I'm always the last person to fall asleep. And so it's like after we were done um, talking to whoever it was we contacted, we didn't say goodbye at the end. And I kind of feel like it stayed around for a while after we all went to bed because we're all like, like there was like four of us and we're all just sleeping in the same bedroom. And then 
like the door was the door was shut, but I could hear like somebody trying to open the door, like the doorknob was jingling afterwards. And then I could and then I was laying on the floor and I could feel like the floor vibrating, like somebody was walking on it, but everybody in the house was asleep. So it was nobody walking and that it actually freaked me out because I was the only one up when that was going on. So that's that's basically the worst one that I have had. But that was just because we didn't say goodbye afterwards. But now I always make sure I say goodbye after we talk. And then I haven't really had any problems of, of something following me since then. Um, I stayed the night at my friend's house and... Hold up a second. I just want to point out that Frosty always thinks like a certain home or place is haunted. For instance, she always comes to my house and she's like... I think I saw something. And I'm like, Frosty, there's nothing here. <laughs> but she will sit she will sit there and she will do these these seances or she'll play you know, she'll get on the Ouija board. But yet she's terrified of seeing ghosts. Well that's because I told you there's something me. following me. Not in terms of not in terms of the, the thing that followed me that we conjured that, that day, because this is something that's always been around me. So I'll just get into it now. The whole thing where bad shit happens to people that I don't like, uh-huh. I think something is following me and causing that to happen to people I don't like. Like, I don't know if it's a guardian angel or a guardian demon. <laughs> something is feeding off of my energy and attacking people I don't like. I'm sorry, I'm weird. Uh, you know, if you have uh, something that's feeding off of your energy, and uh, th- this works not only for spirits, but also negative persons, uh, open up a protect a protective bubble around yourself. Seriously, like open up one, and as cheesy as what this sounds, like um, just sing uh, the first happy song that comes to mind. Um, do you remember the movie Alien? Uh, at the end, where Sigourney Weaver was about to escape the ship, and she's about to get in her suit, and then she sees the alien there. And she's so terrified, all she can do is just kind of sing to herself, you are my lucky star, you know, just yeah. kind of keep herself together. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's legitly a very smart thing to do. So that could perhaps help in future occasions. Well, I don't know. It's kind of weird, but this this thing doesn't scare me. It, it I actually think it's helping me, if it, if that's weird. Like, sometimes if I really don't like somebody, I'll be like, if you're, like, following me or around, like, I'm like, do something to them. Make them cry or something. And then the next day, the person that I don't like comes in and they're crying. <laughs> yeah, no, it legit happened. There was there was a girl at my at my job that was giving me some issues. And I was just like, oh, I just, I just hope something bad happens to her. Oh. And then the next morning, she came in and she was crying. And I was just like, thank you. Maybe you're just... Uh... <laughs> Maybe I'm just an evil, sadistic person. <laughs> I don't know. And then this, projecting your energy, and out. I'm just, and my energy is just attacking somebody. Yeah. I don't know. But if it ever gets wacky or too hard to handle, <laughs> definitely we want to try some protective stuff. <laughs> but right now, I'm just gonna ride that wave. <laughs> See what when it comes takes. back at you. <laughs> oh man! How about you, Anna? Any uh, paranormal stories you want to share? I stayed the night at one of my friends' house, and I used to sleep next to the window. And I had my books. It was a school night, so I had my books stacked up um, next to the bed. And her um, computer chair was next to the bed, too. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of the night, um, it was dark. I heard something, like, sit on her chair, and it, so it squeaked. And it woke me up, and I looked over, 
and something got up from her chair and went across the blinds. And it was something white. Like, it just, like, it went, because it was dark. It was something uh-huh. white. It wasn't, like, a black shadow. It was something white. And then the it went past her picture frames, and they knocked over her picture frames. And then it went towards the door, and I heard the creak of, the of like, the ground on the oh, door. Oh, goodness. And, like, I told her, I was like, I was like, Michaela, wake up, wake up. And it kept doing more stuff. And she finally woke up, and she's like, what's going on? I was like, Nelly, you're going to sleep. Like, I was so scared. I didn't know what to do after that. I She says that she used to see a little girl sit at her chair in her computer, like, at her computer. And so that really creeped me out. And I was like, yeah, I don't know about staying in the net over here anymore. <laughs> wow. Well, um, my parents and I would, and my sister, we experienced a, a haunting in one of our old houses. We used to live in Guam. And there were several occasions where my sister, she was only probably two years old at the time. But on the dot, every night at 8 p.m., she would run up to the front door and she would start talking to it. And she she did it right on the same time every night. She would stop what she was doing, or even if she was sleeping, she would wake up. And she would run to the front door and start talking to it. Like, almost like scolding something that wasn't there in her two-year-old babble. It was pretty freaky. On um, another in- incident, there was a time where my mom had came home and she was pretty angry because she had film developed off a camera. And the half the film, the footage was used to take pictures of an empty room. And she thought it was me taking the camera and using it to take pictures of her bedroom. Which wasn't the case because I didn't know where the camera was hidden. And it was one of those wind-up kind of camera, um, disposable cameras. And I was probably five at the time. I didn't really know how to use cameras. And and it was kind of odd to her that I didn't catch myself in any of the pictures. So that was always an unexplained incident. And um, in the same home, there were several times where my mom would hear the front door open and footsteps come through the door and keys be dropped in the glass bowl that we kept our, you know, car keys and things like that. And she would think it was my dad, but he was, it wasn't either him or he was out to sea. So it was always like a sound at a certain time. Personally experienced one time where me and my mom, we used to uh, sleep together in the same bedroom along with my sister while my dad was out to sea. And uh, she had asked me to, it was in the middle of the afternoon, she had asked me to go to the kitchen to get her a glass of water. Well, I had gone to the kitchen and um, had noticed like all the drawers were pulled out and the in the uh, cabinet doors were pulled open and I just had assumed well maybe you know she had gone to the store and forgot to or she was looking for something and forgot to close all the cabinets and and doors um, to the kitchen and I had gone into the room and I told her you know you're really silly you left all all the doors and drawers open in the kitchen she's like what are you talking about and we went to the kitchen and by that time all of them were shut and she thought you know I was kidding and as we're standing there and she's looking around to see if maybe it was my dad who did it, like one of the doors like slowly creaked open and it freaked me and my mom out. And we like ended up running to the bedroom with my sister and locking ourselves in her master bedroom to wait for my dad to come home. So to this day, we kind of believe that there is like, we think that there's a male entity that's attached to our family because there are still several incidences where my parents in their current home, they believe that they still hear like a male's voice and sometimes there is uh there's been several occasions where i've heard like a male laugh and i I don't know where it's coming from like or or my sister 
she has a video of her and her friends, um, they were sleeping over together, and she has a video of her, like, taking a video of her cute kitten, and you can hear in the background some, some male saying, I see it. So, wow. yeah. So we're, we're pretty sure we have a, a male entity that's attached to our family. But he's, he's not harmful in any way. He's just, just chilling out with us all the time. <laughs> it, it could easily be a great ancestor since you... Like it's uh, attached to the family. Yeah. All right. Next one is, what is your favorite urban legend? Uh, I would have to say the one that scares the hell out of me, which would also be my favorite, is the one about the killer in the backseat. Oh, yes. With the hook? Yes. Mm. The hook. Yeah. Wait, the one with the axe in the back seat, right? No, it's a hook. Uh, I've heard different variations on it. One's an axe, one's a meat cleaver, another one's a hook. I I guess it just depends on what area of America it's stemming from at that time. (laughs) Yeah. How about you, Chuck? Uh... The Bloody Mary. <laughs> oh, you're one of those. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty universal. That's that's always a good one. That's good. You know what? I've I don't think there's ever been a Bloody Mary movie, has there? Yeah. No, there has. There has. It just they hasn't just, been they like, haven't, really good. They haven't been. It wasn't done well. Oh, hey, okay. maybe that's an opportunity for you, Chuck. Do do a short uh blood Bloody Mary movie. <laughs> you know, there's a, there's always uh local urban legends and and stuff to every town in America pretty much. And those they're they're always fun. Sometimes they're just variations and versions of other, you know, other urban legends. Sometimes they're unique to the location. It's always fun. Somebody needs to I'm sure somebody already has made a you know a compendium of that uh, as much as you can. Just thought. Mine is uh, one my grandmother told me about. Um, it's called Black Hair, and it's a it's a Japanese urban legend. Basically, it's about um, a samurai who has a wife, and he's going off to war, and he doesn't take the wife with him. He leaves her home and instead takes his mistress with him. And then later on, the mistress um, turns out to not be pleasing to him and he decides to go back home to his wife and when he goes back home to his wife she's like overjoyed to see him and basically he she treats him like like he didn't do anything wrong and then they spend the night in each other's arms but then the next morning he wakes up and he's he's clutching a skeleton and all that that's and then the, it's a skeleton with like really long black hair that's just like all over his body and entangling him there and then so he basically like freaks the f out and then runs over to his neighbor's house and says what happened to the lady who used to live in the house i woke up and there's just a skeleton with all this long hair and he and they basically said that oh her husband left her and she died and because nobody in the town um like liked her or wanted to go bury the body she just basically just stayed where where she was left wow uh, yeah uh- I don't know if you've ever seen this or not, but the story that you told, it was actually played upon in an anthology movie. Oh, God, I'm horrible at pronouncing uh, names. It's uh, it's a movie that's called Kawadin. Um, I know I'm saying that wrong. It's spelled K-W-A-I-D-A-N. And, and uh, it's, uh, it's a J-horror but um, it's uh, it's really good. It, it's the first story in that movie. 
And if you haven't seen it, I think that uh, since that's your favorite urban legend, the visuals in it will really make you happy. Cool. Yeah, no, I, I, I haven't. I actually didn't know that there there was a live action to that one. I thought that was just like one of those stories that my grandma told me. But oh, well, I guess she is a flat out little liar. <laughs> It's a Japanese horror, right? Yeah, because my grandma's Japanese. Your your grandma's probably not lying to you because the thing is, the movie was based off of a book by Lafikado Hearn, and he had spent mm-hmm. his time in Japan when he was a child. Uh, his father was stationed over there in the military, and book that he wrote about his time over there was based on urban legends in Japan, which later inspired the movie. So I'm sure your grandma uh, is very much telling you um, a a legend that's very famous over there. Yeah. Hmm. How about you, Anna? I'm going to go with the Wailing Woman. And the way I know the story is she was jealous that her husband wasn't paying attention to her anymore after she had kids and he moved to the city and left her and her kids in, like, the rural, 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 yeah, that word, area. Rural area. And um, he had another lady at this point, and so he'd only come back for the kids, and he didn't love her anymore, so this lady drowned her kids, and she then felt bad and went back to try to go get her kids, but she could never get them back. So then it's La, La Llorona, but it's the Wailing Woman in English. Oh. I've heard this story before. And somebody freaked me the F out of it because they said that if you hear about this story, she comes after you. <laughs> and I remember... Anna, you just cursed and us! I, and I remember that I was like 12 or something when I heard this. And then I kept staring out my bedroom window thinking she was outside it's near to come water. drown me. It's near water. And what she does is... What the the legend has it, though, like for... Because my mom would always tell me if you... Back in Mexico, back in the day... Um, if kids behaved bad, things would come after them. Like, it was, you, you did not disobey your parents because your parents, um, it, it, I guess it was a big deal. And then something, the devil would do something to have somebody come after you. One of the stories is the Yorona would come and come after the kid and cut them up in pieces, I guess. And yeah, it was not a nice story. Not for a little kid to know. And yeah, my mom would always tell me that, so. <laughs> she was yeah. keeping you in check. Maybe an effect- it's not- an effective story. Uh, yeah, it is. You're not supposed to play with Barbies in the middle of the night either because your Barbies will wake up and start playing with you, which is not, not a good thing. And um, there's, like, stories of, like, kids getting dragged um, by their hair in the middle of the night and, like, like laid hanging on fences. Yeah, I don't know. I don't like stories my mom would tell me. No, so. I'm scared. <laughs> She's like, damn it. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that. Why? Um, in the uh, Filipino culture, there's a creature called the Aswang, and it's a mixture of, like, vampire and witch or ghoul. So apparently this thing can take form as a human being mm-hmm. in daylight, but at night it's a bloodthirsty monster and can um, separate its torso from its bottom half and fly around with huge wings and eat like steal corpse and eat humans and steal women's babies from their bellies. And um, the way they say the way to kill it is to find its bottom half and kill it that way. But it's it usually lives in like banana stalks, like banana trees and all that stuff and it comes out to eat during the full moon. 
And my mom is very big super like superstition on this. Like it was like pounded into her in the Philippines that this creature would come after her while she was pregnant with me. So she would to deflect it, you would have to sprinkle salt around your bed in hopes that the aswang wouldn't steal your baby at night. Well, good thing she sprinkled that salt because Mise is here with us now. <laughs> I never heard that one. I really like that. That's good. Yeah. That's rich. It's a, yeah, it's a pretty scary monster in the Philippines. Yeah. It's one of the most fearsome. I think your mom and my mom are, like, the worst. Why would they tell us these stories? <laughs> Why do they tell us that when we were children? Well, my grandma yeah. told me another story about that one girl. Um, oh, and I, I finally re- read it again. I'm stupid. <laughs> and apparently she's going to come after me in a month. Um, Hang on, let me see if I can pull up her name. You don't need to I tell us her name. It. No, I'm going to tell it. you. No, it's going to come la, after la, everybody. La, la. <laughs> Why is it going to come after me? Because that's what she does. Oh, the one that I told you about? No, it's not that one. So I'm going to pronounce it wrong. My grandma's going to kill me, whatever. Uh, Kashima Raiko. She's a, a girl who, um, she was attacked by several boys. And when she tried to escape them, she got cut in half by a train. And supposedly, if you hear her story or whatever, she'll come after you within a month. And she'll ask you, where are my legs? And then you have to tell her, her where her legs are or she's going to take yours. <laughs> Thanks, Ross. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. So. I need that. <laughs> she, she decided already, that already, everybody who's I listening to. She already she already weaseled her way into me, so now I'm just kind of like, I'm just going to pull a ring here and just infect all of you. <laughs> rude. So I can be like, hey. So rude. I don't have your legs. Nisa's nice got him. Uh-uh, Go. No. Like that bitch Frosty guy. She's got him. Yeah, she's wearing. <laughs> she got him. Though. I'm going to text her and be like, Frosty, what kind of pants you wearing? <laughs> Frosty, what size are your pants? Somebody needs your legs. <laughs> On a lighter note, what's your favorite film to watch during the spooky holiday? Alex, you can go first. Uh, ooh. God, there's so many. Um, what about one that you find yourself watching every year? All right, Trick or Treat. The uh, anthology one. Oh. Yeah, Trick or Treat. How about you, Chuck? I have a kind of a ritual I have to do where the holiday doesn't happen. And uh, the first thing is I got to watch the Fat Albert Halloween special. <laughs> yeah. With Mudfoot. You know, I mean, that's amazing. And uh, I've watched it. I got to I gotta always watch uh, Corpse Bride. That's always a good one. Oh, I love Corpse Bride. And... Uh, Generally, I just I just run through Netflix and try to find horror films that I haven't seen yet, and um, just dig through that. It's it's good. There's always there's always good horror out there. It's just not as publicized always as your big blockbuster movies. Mm-hmm. How about you, Frosty? What's your favorite film to watch? Um, Night of the Living Dorks. It's a <laughs> it's a German uh, zombie movie. It's like a comedy. That's funny. I've never heard of that. I'm no, you haven't. Have oh, it's it, yeah. It's your standard uh, bunch of nerds. They get infected with a zombie virus, but because they're slowly turning into zombies, so they're not really rotting right away. Um, they just use their zombie powers to get chicks. Hmm. Like the one guy has a crush on his teacher, so he goes into a hot tub with her, and because he's you know got the zombie powers or whatever, he manages to go down on her really long because he's in. Because he can't breathe. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Uh, hey. <laughs> That'll do it. Uh, yeah. 
How about you, Anna? Um, Halloween Town. <laughs> oh, yeah, you already mentioned Halloween yeah. Town. Yeah. We forgot to mention Anna's 12. <laughs> well, besides... I'm uh, four, okay? And I'm a big pervert. Besides uh, my mention of... Uh, Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown, and I always seem to find myself watching a Friday the 13th film. Oh, yeah. I really enjoy Jason. He's, like, one of my favorite bad guys. Did you like Jason versus Freddy? It was okay. It wasn't my favorite. I watched it in Spanish, and I don't know if I really, like, got the whole feel of it. I don't know. Uh, okay, and our last question of the night. What is the must-have track on your Halloween music mix? Thriller. Michael Jackson. <laughs> Feel the night, Chuck. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go with the old standard must, monster mash. They did the monster mash. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. They did the mash. It caught on in a flash. Was, uh, <gasps> I love that song. Monster mash. It, just, yeah. it works. It's, it's timeless. Frosty. Oh, I don't really have one. You don't have any, like, one song? That would remind me of Halloween? No. I mean, I guess just Monster Mash in general, like Chuck said. Yeah, Monster Mash is a pretty famous one. So I don't know if you guys have ever heard, there's a TV show on Nickelodeon called Angela Anaconda, and there's a song. She talks about scaring, like, her arch nemesis, um, Nanette Menoir or something like that. It's called something like, Boo, I'm Gonna Scare You. But because of my little niece, she has this, like, Halloween track thing, and we'd always listen to that. So that's what that reminds me of. But behind that, I'd probably go with the, um, I put a spell on you because yeah. Hocus Pocus. <laughs> like, because yes. Hocus Pocus. Um, I think I really, because I am a big Nightmare Before Christmas fan, I, it's This Halloween for me by Danny Elfman. This is Halloween. My favorite. Well, if we're going by Danny Elfman, then Dead Man's Party for me. Oh, yeah, Dead Man's Party is a good one, too. Have you ever heard Jack Jack's Lament or what's it called? Is it Jack's Yeah, Lament? yeah, it's from Nightmare. Yeah. yeah, it's I was listening to Panic at the Disco and that song randomly started playing like it started early, I think. It was like a month ago. I think that's pretty early for Halloween, don't you think? A month ago, no. Mm-mm. All I mean The marathon started like a month ago. All I mean I, if they can set up a Christmas tree in the middle of Vicksburg today, I mean Yeah. They set up no. a Christmas tree. And it ain't even Halloween yet. It's not even Thanksgiving. What happened to Thanksgiving? All right, so those are our questions. Did you guys have anything that you wanted to add or discuss? Well, pretty much. um, Once again, I appreciate you having me on here. I had a great time, like always. 
Uh, for those who are interested in reading my books, you can get them in paperback or ebook on uh, Amazon or Barnes and Noble. Uh, truth be it, easiest thing to do, just go to Google, type in Alexander S. Brown. Everything that I am a part of will pop up right in front of you. Now, one thing that Alex didn't mention last time was that he's, he's also a co-host of a podcast, aren't you? Uh, yes, I am. Uh, I'm the co-host of Star Chamber Show and uh, we recently did a show where we had author Lynn Emery as our featured guest. And um, I have the link that I just shared again on my Facebook page. But she speaks of a very chilling urban legend that happened in the Baton Rouge, Louisiana area. And the way that she tells her story, it is literally like sitting around a campfire. And her story takes up about at least a good half hour of the show, and it is worth every single second of it. Oh, awesome. We're going to have to check that out because we're going to be on a quite a drive to the uh, beach tomorrow for the Halloween party that we'll be attending. So Sweet. we will have to listen to your show then. Does okay. this mean that we're going to take a lot of Snapchat, Snapchat photos? Because Of course, Anna. There's always going to be Snapchats. <laughs> that means you guys need to follow us and watch what we're up to tomorrow. <laughs> what about you, Chuck? Um, I think we pretty much said enough for now. <laughs> uh, if they're... um, if people want to get some more information on you, where can they find you besides Facebook? Uh, you can go to YouTube. I've got a little bit of stuff up, and uh, I do have a Twitter account. I can't tell you the, my Twitter handle. I don't know <laughs> offhand. Uh, <laughs> okay. But yeah, Instagram. But yeah, mostly Facebook. Uh, right. I'm glad you uh, had me on. I hope I didn't ruin it. Oh, no, 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 you didn't. It, no, it can you real... say diabetes one more time? Please. Diabetes. Thank you, yes. Uh, just to show you how much of a stalker I am, uh, Chuck Jett's Twitter handle is ChuckJet1. Oh, oh, there, there all we right. go. And it's well, the I'm going to follow you right out. now, buddy. <laughs> I'll have to tweet more. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to tweet more because we're gonna be following you now. But well, we were super stoked to have you guys on our show today, and uh, definitely you want to go ahead and check out our um, upcoming episode when we review Alexander Brown's uh, Serenthia Falls book, because then you can jump on our wagon of demanding number two. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank. You. And uh, hopefully we will be um, able to see Chuck Jets. Well, when is your film going to be released to the, the public, Chuck? I, I don't really know. That's up to uh, Alex. And I guess uh, not real sure. It has been in some film festivals. I'm waiting to hear back on some others. Once that's done, uh, I guess we'll just discuss it. It'll, it'll be soon. Yes, we're, we'll be excited for everyone else that has been listening to our show um, to definitely be able to get the opportunity to, to check out your adaptation of uh, Alex's book um, or Alex's story, sorry, The Acquired Taste. And we hope, I'm, I'm pretty excited if you're thinking about uh, the Night the yeah, yeah, making that into a short film, I'd definitely be interested in seeing yeah, that. There's a lot of good material in there. Alex, yeah. Alex works hard. And uh, very proliferate with his with his work, constantly writing and editing and working on nonstop. He's a, he's got a lot better work ethic than I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a struggle to have that work ethic. Trust. 
trust. It really is. <laughs> but thank you. I really appreciate that compliment. Thank you all so very much. Thank you both for being on the show and happy Halloween. Yes. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. At this time, we would like to thank you for your membership to the Horror Club. Make sure to show your support through our Facebook page, Twitter, and Instagram. Like, comment, and share because we just rub. And if you really hated your time with us today, sorry, sorry we're not, not sorry. I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight. For my monster from his slab began to rise, and suddenly, to my surprise, he did the monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. It caught on in a flash. He did the monster mash For my love Natari in the castle east To the master bedroom where the vampires feast The ghouls all came from their humble abodes To catch a jolt from my electrodes They did the monster mash It was a graveyard smash It caught on in a flash he did the monster mash The zombies were having fun The party had just begun The guests included Wolfman, Dracula and his son